0: hey how's it going folks it's abdullah and bean and welcome back for another episode of great moments in weed history our guest is ashley ray a hilarious stand-up comic she has a podcast called tv i say and she's an expert on the cross-section between weed and television isn't that right b we talk about some historical
1: moments in weed television we talk about ashley's personal journey with weed and television but you know we all get high and watch tv
0: yeah exactly truly these are the two things that have defined so many stages of my life i absolutely love weed and television so much that literally the two things together became my career uh so in that sense There's so much to talk about, and Ashley really runs an excellent podcast, and she just did such a fantastic rundown for us when it comes to the greatest moments of TV and weed together on TV. (laughs) Wait, let me say that again. On weed. (laughs) Yeah, on weed. You're Scarface, right? Yeah. I love Al Pacino, man. Did you ever see Scent of a Woman?
2: Yup you ever seen Sin of a Woman on Weed?
0: So this episode is airing on our feed as well as Ashley Ray's TV I Say feed. Yep, it's one of those flip-floppity crossover episodes that two podcasts do sometimes.
1: I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to call it a joint episode of <laughs> our two podcasts. I did it!
0: it you <laughs> son
2: of a bitch. You son of a bitch.
1: Ashley is definitely a friend of this podcast. She describes herself as, quote, the most famous bisexual, solo, polyamorous, black, queer, comedian, actor, and writer currently based in Los Angeles. So we don't know who might have moved uh, and allowed her (laughs) to slide into the top slot. Uh, The second
0: most famous bisexual, solo, polyamorous, black, queer, comedian, actor, and writer.
1: Oh, it was a leapfrog. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it might have been a displacement. She's written for the Adult Swim show Alabama Jackson, and she was selected as one of HBO Max's queer comics to watch in 2021. She's basically known for very serious television criticism, but also some really hot, hot, hot takes on TV that come out through this podcast, TV, I say, and she's got a newsletter and she's got a great Twitter feed.
0: And she's a fantastic stand-up comic. I've performed with her a bunch of times. And in fact, we were both contestants on a comedy weed game show called Weeding Out the Stone, which she either won or lost. I don't know which, but she was the last person on stage. And no one could realize she's stoned. Speaking of performing on stage, Portland, Oregon, Bean and I will be at Helium in your city on September 10th performing a live episode of great moments in Weed history starting at 4:20 p.m you gotta be there come hang out with us come hear a brand new story you can get your tickets now on the helium portland website we are so excited to see all of our friends up there in portland oregon At Helium, September 10th. Yeah, come please get high on history. If you live in the
1: Portland area, you can get tickets online through the show notes, through the Helium website. And if you live somewhere else and you know someone cool who lives near Portland, Oregon, who might want to get high on history with us, even for the first time, please let them know about the show. And of course, also a huge thank you to our supporters on Patreon. At GreatMomentsInWeedHistory.com, they're able to watch the video version of this podcast at any level of support, throw in a little more, and you can get a signed copy of my book, How to Smoke Pot Properly.
0: Everybody who supports us on Patreon, thank you so much. We truly appreciate your contributions. And if you don't support us yet, but you're curious about the bonuses you could get by doing so... Please check us out at greatmomentsinweedhistory.com and you'll see all the cool stuff that you can get, including seeing this podcast right now on video, which uh, many of our patrons are actually doing and they're seeing us wave at them with our awesome weed backgrounds pulled straight from the DEA website. So please check us out, greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. So Bean, what are you smoking on? I actually got a nice little weed
1: package recently, and it included these joints from Brother David's. This is a regenerative cannabis company. Sent some papaya punch, and it came via some friends at the Woods Dispensary down in Los Angeles. That's Woody Harrelson's spot. So definitely looking forward to firing this up. What do, what do you got going?
0: So I am taking dabs of live rosin from my friends at Rising Tricombs, these guys put out some absolutely incredible flavors, and I am just smashing them up. I've got my right. Shout out to right for sending me a fucking thermometer, which has been giving me the best goddamn dabs in the world. Basically, what I'm telling you is I'm fucking ripped stoned, and I'm only going to get higher, and I am all set for this fucking episode right
1: here. All right, well, we're going to set the dial to channel 420 on the Weed history, television, we are ready to blaze up with you all, but I got one message. We got it down to everybody was ready except one person. I'm not going to shame you. I'm just going to say you are the only one left who needs to simply hit pause and use that time, my friend, to roll up a joint, to split a blunt, to pack a bong. Rub edibles all over yourself. I keep saying that you don't rub don't know, edibles don't know, all over.
0: Run time. with it, man.
1: <laughs> to rub edibles all over yourself, <laughs> to drink a bunch of topicals, and to uh, you know put a joint where the sun don't shine because. <laughs> Whoa, hey. Out there is doing it, man. Weed suppositories are actually a very effective medicine for people with some severe illnesses who might have trouble smoking. That aside, whatever it takes yeah, to get they, you,
0: they cure hemorrhoids. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the FDA has not approved that statement, but uh, I, it'd be the first thing that I would do. But the
0: weed DA
1: <laughs>
0: totally approves
1: it. And we'd like to do a quick shout out to our new sponsor, Cannabanus uh the <laughs> europe's leading uh, cannabis suppository is now available in the united states that all said
0: <laughs> <laughs> who said this show was losing its edge who the fuck said it? we're still we're as relevant as ever we're out here wilding for your pleasure
1: (laughs) man yes a little potty humor some solid medical advice and an indelible promise that when you are ready we'll be ready for another great great moment moment in weed history. history
2: Welcome back, TV Club. Here we are. Uh, This is is a special episode. You know, it is Labor Day weekend, a big weekend for TV, at least for me. I I spend that whole four days just in front of my TV, watching everything I've been missing. And I imagine you want to do the same thing. So today we have a special episode for Labor Day weekend. I am going to share with you some of my favorite moments in weed TV history. Uh, And I'm joined by the crew from great moments in weed history to do that. Abdullah Saeed and David Bienenstock. if you are a stoner, you know them. And you know that, that obviously, I am a, a cannabis connoisseur, a fan of the plant. I make that very clear in my content, but... David and Abdullah, they are the real experts. David, you may know as the former editor of High Times, Uh, he wrote the book How to Smoke Weed Properly, and Abdullah obviously is the pioneer of weed television. If there's anything on TV with weed, it is because of that man and the work he did over at Vice. So the two of them are joining me to talk about our favorite weed moments in TV history or our favorite TV moments in weed history. Either way, it's both of them. Uh, they're going to share some of the history behind these moments while I explain how they changed the TV landscape and how stoners we know to this day act. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Sit back, relax, learn about some weed TV with me and my good friends Abdullah Saeed and David Bean in stock. TV I say. Ashley Ray, welcome. Hey, I'm high and happy to be here.
0: Perfect, perfect, perfect. So, you know, Bean and I are both total TV addicts. Anytime we're not talking about weed or this show to each other, we're talking about TV. We're giving each other recommendations and stuff like that. So this is very exciting indeed. Isn't that right, Bean? Oh, yes, absolutely. And I have to say we're
1: fans of your podcast and your TV criticism and appreciation. And I think we got first in contact with you because I had to let you know how much I appreciated you
2: hipping me. The South Side on HBO oh, yeah. Max, oh,
1: so good! Incredible so, so show,
2: good. very good weed show too. Uh, the the depictions of blunts very accurate. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you and I have done comedy together a
0: bunch of times uh, in weed and non- weed context. Oh no, only in weed context. I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think only
2: <laughs> weed shows. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. My show, the Lit Show, uh, and then of course, uh, weeding out the stone. A game show on which I don't remember which one of us lasted longer on the game show. Uh, Well, Um. I
2: won. I you won? Yeah. (laughs) I was the last person. I was stoned out of my mind and somehow everyone was just like, I think she's the sober one. And I was like, like, I've literally just been picking candy up off the floor and eating it this whole time. (laughs) Yeah. And the last
0: time we had performed together, I saw you get so fucking high. I was like, this person is high as shit. This audience doesn't know what they're talking about, but at two hours into a show like that, uh, what else?
2: Yeah, you, you just got to have fun? fun. Yeah. Yeah. I was on the stage. Like I have the reddest my eyes have ever been. And everyone was just like, no, I think she's sober. It, it's ridiculous being we need to get you on this game show. Uh, you'll be
0: eliminated very quickly. You have to be sober to win, but uh, we should make that happen. You'd be a perfect contestant. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm down. All righty. Okay. So, uh, I believe, Ashley, you have prepared for us a bunch of great moments in TV weed history, depictions of cannabis consumption.
2: Absolutely, yes. And I will say these these aren't, you know, ranked. Uh, for me, it's very hard to say this is better than this. But these, to me, are the moments that I think set weed trends on television and in, in life. They were so big, you know, they impacted the way stoners acted. You know, kind of like when Pineapple Express came out and we were all we all like understood the slang of the movie immediately.
0: Yeah. And then that became a strain like Pineapple (laughs) Express was not a strain before that movie. I'm pretty sure. So, Ashley, usually, uh, you know, when we start these interviews, we ask our guests, what was your uh, first encounter with the plant? How did that relationship begin? But for you, I'm going to ask, how did you first begin your relationship with not only cannabis, but also with television?
2: Yeah, I was a senior in high school, and I knew that I loved media. Like, I was in my film club, I was, like, the AV club nerd. I was always reading just TV reviews and watching TV and always talking about it. I was in all the blogs. I had my own, like, you know, live journal or whatever, where I would just be like, here's what I thought about Grey's Anatomy this week. And no one cared. Uh, but... <laughs> As I got to college, I realized, like, oh, this is a legit thing. Like, you can, like, actually have, like, a career writing about TV. People take this seriously and you study it. And I did, uh, my major was uh, the history of Black television. So basically for two years, I just locked myself in a library with, like, hard-to-find Black TV, Uh, like Julia, the first show to star a Black woman as the lead, and (laughs) I just was literally just hunkered down, like with VHS tapes of like, amen and, you know, 227. And I obviously, to get through that much TV, you need weed. You just, it's, it has to go together. And for me, I think it was that I noticed with weed, it helps me slow down and really take in details and the story and think in different ways. Uh, Because without that, I'll just watch an episode of TV and be like, okay, yeah, there's your A plot, your B plot. I get it. But when I'm stoned, it's like, okay, wait, this is doing something more. Something I can write, you know, 1,200 words about. Oh, yeah. It is a match
0: made in heaven. Isn't that right, B?
1: Yeah, we've had this discussion before in terms of, like, you could get a little shit as a younger person if your interests are smoking weed and watching TV. Oh, and uh, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a long
2: comeback on the... Kind of making a living at it. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I, I just rub it in the face <laughs> of every teacher I've ever had. Oh, I had a principal who was like, you're never going to get anywhere smoking pot and watching TV all day. And I'm just like, look at me now. <laughs> that <laughs> is okay. too real, man. That is absolutely too real
0: because I very often say I am not anything but a person vindicated for a lifetime of watching TV and smoking Smoking weed, weed, yeah, that's yeah, that's literally the two best parts of the job. And of course, I mean, you know, now you see quite a bit of cannabis use on TV. I feel like since it's become in vogue, but back in the day, it was very special. It was like seeing, like you know, like a little uh, signal that's made just for you when you saw a positive cannabis reference on TV. Um, So, with that, uh, shall we get into our list? Let's go. All right. So what's first up in terms of cannabis representation on TV?
2: Yeah. First up, I think really hits your point of how shocking it was in the early days to see people enjoy weed on television. Uh, This was 2000. It was the show Freaks and Geeks, the episode Chokin' and Token, which Mm -hmm. is when Lindsay smokes pot for the first time uh, after some peer pressure, of course. Uh, but she <laughs> smokes pot for the first time uh, because of Jason Siegel's character, like, freaks out. Yeah. Uh, and it, it is, a, I think, a great depiction of what it's like to do weed for the first time with a bunch of guys in high school. But mostly what happened is that this infuriated parents across the country. Uh, it just made people so upset that this show was encouraging teen weed use that so many people complained the show was canceled right after this episode so oh so that's why that's what so, yeah so that when people are like why was freaks and geeks this short-lived cult hit it oh is oh my god marijuana. that is absolutely fucking crazy because this was inexplicable
0: to a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of shows yeah. that Fox canceled or was Freaks and Geeks Fox or NBC? Yeah, it was Fox. It was Fox, right? So, so Fox canceled Arrested Development, yeah. Fox canceled Futurama, like these incredible, incredible shows, right? And Freaks and Geeks after one season, I mean, we'll never know what happened uh, to Lindsay Weir out on uh dead tour. Yeah. On whatever, the dead right? tour. With, oh, which <laughs> yeah.
2: again is another just beautiful stone of reference to me as someone who has seen fish like, 12 times and the dead like I like that moment I was like this girl is me this is my life yeah weed is cool and this is the of course the earliest I, I imagine uh
1: entrance of weed into the Judd Apatow extended uh, cinematic universe which of yeah. course shows up in a lot of his films and and has a mixed bag honestly sometimes He has been scapegoating weed as the reason that these man children just can't grow up. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as two guys making a podcast with giant weed plants behind us in the background. (laughs) Hey,
0: I guess my response
1: would be, hey.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's absolutely true. And I think that it's also really interesting that, you know, this show is actually depicting the parents at that age, back in the day, it's not saying,
2: oh, you're kids now. It's saying this is what it was like back in the 70s. Yeah, back in the 70s. And it it still made people just so angry. And can you imagine today a show that has Seth Rogen in it getting canceled for weed use? (laughs) Like, it's wild when you look back at it. You're like, really? That's what made everyone so mad that they were like, we got to get this show off the air.
0: And in fact, you know... Freaks and Geeks also had a really profound episode where uh, Lindsey Weir's little brother and his friends, uh, you know, conspire to replace a keg of beer with a keg (laughs) of non-alcoholic beer. And then the kids start like drinking it and be like, oh, I'm so drunk anyway, which I feel like is such an astute commentary on alcohol culture. And yet. Nobody blinked an eye about that and was like, wow, it really makes yeah. you think.
2: Nobody was like, "They're yeah, they're encouraging teen drinking. No, no one cared about that. It was just mm-hmm. weed. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, still coming off of this, like, tipper gore conservatism of people being like, weed is, you know, ruining our children and leading them to the devil, which was still around in the year 2000.
0: Yeah. Yep. I've been
2: sucking on that. Devil weed, <laughs> my whole fucking my life. My whole life. I'm still waiting for Satan to come knock on my door. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing! Oh, oh
0: shit. He's like, would you like to be a guest on Great Moments in History? <laughs> like ah, there's Satan doing his job for doing us, doing <laughs> his thing. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and so, for you as a kid,
2: how did that? Uh, how did that moment? Resonate. I mean, this was around. The yeah,
0: we're starting to
2: get high, right? Oh, uh, yeah, a little before, like around this time. I was I was like ten years old, and I started smoking pot at twelve. So I will say mm-hmm. the impact on me was that probably <laughs> it was like it was the show. Okay, maybe all those angry parents were right because I did watch it, and I was like, "This is cool. I relate to this girl. I want to explore and have fun." And I, you know, I feel that same yearning of like my life is so boring. And, you know, one day I was at school, I was in the school play and my friend's older sister was like, we're going to go to McDonald's before rehearsal. You want to ride with us? And of course they pulled like a pipe out and I was just like, oh my God. Oh, it's it's just, I was like, yeah, I was like, it's just like Lindsay. And it was like one of the same kind of like those glass pipes. I was like, this is it. This it's my time. And I remember smoking. I got a McFlurry and it was the best McFlurry I've ever had in my life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I, kn- I know that
1: particular McDonald's and they actually have
2: uh, yeah, inc- oh, incredible that one, that specific it's one. Definitely oh, not yeah. the weed.
0: Yeah, yeah no. No. <laughs> they, they put MSG in that McFlurry. <laughs> machine. Yeah. Yeah. That specific we, one we on Harrison and Rockford,
2: Illinois. They nail this. <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: yeah. But, you know, it, it is really amazing to start off with this fact, because I think that ever since Judd Apatow's explosion in comedy, you know, he's just like he is the comedy guy now. A lot of people have now glorified that origin story be like, ah, brilliant, but canceled, you know. But this isn't yeah. like Cop Rocks or some other like ridiculous fucking show, right? This is yeah. like one of the greatest fucking shows of all and time. Yeah. It was
2: canceled after a season. And now we know why. This is yeah, a huge of mystery weed. song. And it, it, it also, it, yeah, it, it's it's just wild. It's yeah, it, it was straight up weed. And I think as we get into the other stuff on the list, you'll see. It all comes from kind of this appetite inspiration on television like that did open a door for people to be like, okay, we should talk about we it can be funny it doesn't always have to be serious and terrifying
0: yeah the
1: the real opposite end of this you know I when we when we discussed this episode I said, you know we really this is great moments we want to talk about great moments on TV but there is this long tradition of very special episodes yes. Uh, that are you know the extension essentially of this reefer madness strain of media depictions of cannabis and so to see it in such a similar setting high school kids you know experimentation but to not have that big moralistic uh yeah there was no
2: shame it was just the first realistic depiction of some high school stoners just regular kids. It wasn't uh, you mentioned like the kind of terror and moralistic side. Uh, I think a few years before this, there was a Seventh Heaven episode that was actually like one of the first shows to really talk about weed. And it's like mm-hmm. the pa- the dad finds a joint and like makes all the kids come sit. And he basically acts like he found heroin. And he's like mm-hmm. yelling at all the children, and he's like, Oh my god. And the mom finally reveals like she, she smoked, smoked weed. Too. Like yeah, she's in like, college crying. one time. And she's like crying, and he basically acts like she just told him she like cheated on him, and is like, yeah, he's like knocking, like banging on a door, like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. So we go to to number two on the list. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, let's go. This one, maybe maybe a little controversial, but for me, my age group, I feel like it was the thing that made weed mainstream cool. It gave us a catchphrase, uh, and what it is is 2006. Tally gets high on South Park. Oh, yes, of course. Oh my God, I wasn't even thinking about this moment. No, People forget about Tally, okay? But in 2006, Tally is introduced has our famous catchphrase, hey, you wanna get high? Yeah. Oh my God. And that, of course, yeah, is w- voiced by Vernon
0: Chapman, yes. uh, who is an absolute fucking legend of animation and comedy. And a lot of people don't know that either. Um, but man, Towley is the greatest fucking character, of course. A uh, an experimental uh, government uh, program gone wrong, right? (laughs) Something like that. B, do you remember Towley? Were you a South Park guy?
1: Uh, definitely a South Park watcher. I wouldn't say South Park uh, obsessor, (laughs) but I think that uh, if I could date myself a little bit, I was working at High Times when Towley. Made his debut, so we, of course, monitored anything in the media with Weed very closely. I know that the creators, uh, Matt and Trey, I'm not saying I'm on a 1st bane basis with them, I'm actually forgetting their (laughs) last uh... (laughs) name. Matt Stone and Trey Parker.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Definitely Weed. uh, People who also, you know, have had critical things to say about Weed, so I think that there's a bit of their sharp satire in that character, but also... You know, some love of stoners and stoner culture. And you know, I think it's ironic that, you know, we all can tend to forget about a character whose main uh message to us is not to forget him. Yeah. For yeah. her or non-binary <laughs> Tally. I, yeah, I, I don't know that Tally like, has if, a gender.
2: If you remember, like back in the day, Tally was huge. Like you could if you went into a Spencer's gift shop, it was just mm-hmm. like tally dolls, tally posters, like just t-shirts that said, Hey, you want to get high? Like that is how much of an impact he had on the culture at the time. Yeah, absolutely. It was Cartman for a long time. People
0: were Cartman, Cartman, Cartman. He sort of became like the Bart Simpson of the show. But Towley really caused a shift in that in terms of like the merchandising. He became the fucking icon of cannabis for that. Yeah.
2: And it was like, oh, you can have like other characters in the main characters in the show get famous. And I think, you know, for us kids who had mostly only seen stuff that was like moralistic about weed, this was a thing that was like, oh, it's like funny and it's kind of for adults, but it also makes us laugh and we get it. And maybe if you didn't even know really what weed was, it was funny to watch this towel with red eyes who somehow got stronger when he smoked a plant. You know, which I always thought that, like, good for that depiction that he gets stronger, way to turn it around. (laughs) I think that also harkens back to
1: uh, we should talk a little bit about Popeye, who uh, spinach was at one time, much like sort of broccoli now, uh, a slang for for weed. And. You know, I don't really know too many people who put actual spinach in a pipe, smoke it and uh, and become stronger. So, you know, this is these sort of much deeper, more hidden references, you know, shows like uh, a lot of children's shows, even uh, um, H.R. Puffin stuff to go back to sort of the 70s. People had been sneaking these references in, a wink and a nod, uh Puff the Magic Dragon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Puff the and magic then... dragon really towed that line about as far <laughs> oh, as Oh yeah, you as, as far as he could go.
2: And then uh, Tally was just like No, yeah, this is, this, it's here. (laughs) This is an animated show for adults, but we know kids watch it and this is a stoner character. Yeah. And you know, a really wonderful thing about the scenes with Tali is that a
0: lot of them were very true to life about sitting around and getting high because they would just be like these kind of quiet moments where it's like, he'd be like saying like, wow, isn't that profound or weird? It's like, whoa, you know what I mean? And I feel like rather than being like, oh, we're stupid now. It's like, there's so many depictions of, being high that actually seem like they're depicting being drunk. And in this case, it was like, it really hit it on the head. And that was what was so funny about it is that getting high is like, it's not like a, Oh my God, we're crazy. And there's music. It's like, usually like we're doing this in secret. We're trying to keep a low profile and we're just like vibing, you know? Quick shout out also
1: to, uh, you know, we smoke on the shoulders of giants, Shaggy and Scooby. Of the uh, mm-hmm. giant sandwiches and stoner cadence, uh, definitely yeah. in this tradition as well. Scooby snacks,
2: yes, yeah.
0: indeed.
2: To me, all of the all of that just built to Towley, just the perfect animated stoner character who I, who deserves more respect in our history. I think Abso-fucking-lutely. absolutely, Towley. You are canonized
0: in great moments <laughs> in weed history. You are a great moment in weed history. Yes. Thank yeah. you, Tally. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Tali. Let's keep going. This is incredible.
2: Yes. Next on the list, uh, which we have already mentioned a bit, uh, 2012 high-maintenance debuts, the web series. Uh, And finally, we see that Shows About Weed can be very artistic and highbrow. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh my indeed. goodness, yes, people <laughs> realize it's not just giggles and laughs with stoners, but we can actually have very deep interior lives. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And of course, I, I was a I was a small character on High Maintenance, one of the many, many people who plays a part in that world. I was very honored to do so. Uh, ben and I met around that time because I was writing the Weedikit column And, you know, he was doing the web series and we met and I actually have the uh, rare uh, auspicious honor of taking the first dab on that show, which I believe ends up being the first dab like on TV. Right. Uh, Yeah, I did take that dab. Uh, Shout out my uh, long lost friend, Rabbit, who was the first guy to ever dab me out, who came by. We had Snick Barnes pieces on set. Uh, there was, we had some real deal fucking props on there that were made by like legit glass artists. Uh, It was a good time.
2: I mean, that's another thing I love about the show. Not only was it like we want to do this interesting depiction of stoners, but they really did want to bring in real stoners, real people in the community who made things and did cool things that, you know, real stoners watching would be like, oh my gosh, him. Yeah. And that, Mm -hmm. I always love that about
1: it.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So my first interaction with the show was
1: again working at High Times, we would get, you know, emails and messages about anything to do with weed that was in the media. And, you know, I gotta say, you'd get I, I got an email. Hey, there's this web series about uh weed delivery in New York, and just have been you know, have run at that football so many times, <laughs> thinking maybe this will be the one that's good. Maybe this will be the maybe, one that's yeah. not just patently embarrassing, both as a depiction of our culture and as a, as a work of art. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, with some trepidation, hit click, watched what I think was either the first or the second episode, and literally did the thing where yeah. I said, hey, everybody. Hey, entire staff mm-hmm. of high times magazine come here watch this and we had a really kind of a profound experience of like oh it as you said they put the high in highbrow you know that show is beautiful yeah. on its own terms
2: I, I hope they use that on a poster at some point <laughs> puts the high in highbrow
1: god oh come on <laughs> And I just remember sending an uh, email to Ben and Katya and saying, basically, like, this is as good as you probably think and hope it is. And I, I, you know, we, the full power vested in us as a weird uh, weed magazine, you, you fucking did it. And to see it grow from... Uh, A completely independent web series all the way to multiple seasons on HBO. And
2: good seasons, because not every web series makes that jump. I know personally, I was one of those kids who was like, when the web series came out, I hosted viewing parties in my apartment with like bongs and everything with all my stoner friends. When I heard it was going to HBO, I was like, "Um, I I liked this before it was cool. Like, what? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, (laughs) now it's going to go mainstream and not be as good. Fun fact. You know, Ben was really
0: inspired by uh, the opening vignettes on Six Feet Under, where you would see, you know, something's coming, right? You know, someone's going to die, but you don't know how it's going to happen. It's a new character every time. So High Maintenance, the television series, has that same sort of, uh, you know, uh, like structure to it, where you start off with a stranger, right? And, you know, you're like, okay, what's going on here? There's these people just living their lives in New York. And I think that in capturing New York, which is something that they are heavily, heavily credited with, they captured it from the angle of a stoner. It wasn't like, oh, this is a show about weed. It's a show about people in which weed is incidental. And that's the gold standard. You know what? I know we all hope that we would see like countless TV shows scripted and unscripted that Incidentally, show cannabis in a responsible way. And I feel like we really haven't
2: seen no, that. No, yeah. Out, you know? Yeah, it it really... I, I don't think we've seen anything kind of pick up the mantle that it has set up. It really just kind of created this standard that I think every show has been afraid to reach. Like, everything since has really been comedy-focused uh, or just bad, like, Disjointed on Netflix, which is not on the list. Oof.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Disjointed was... Fucking horrible. Yeah. uh, They really tried. They were trying, but
1: they failed. Yeah, it failed. And I think the other thing about high maintenance, the big insight in terms of storytelling is like, okay, you ordered food delivery. That exchange just takes place at the door and takes five seconds. But you've got to let the weed delivery person into your home. And that Mm -hmm. just opens everything up. And also, it's a depiction of the underground you know and, and throughout the entire series everything that the guy the the delivery person is doing is outside the law against the law but they resisted that urge to turn it into weeds to turn it into yeah. ever mm-hmm. escalating uh let's raise the stakes and all of a sudden the dea is you know flying helicopters over this guy on his bicycle and it's like yes that's a big part of the underground world of cannabis commerce and those stories need to be told, but it's dishonest to force that narrative onto somebody when really they're just driving around in a bicycle, making people happy and fulfilling an economic role that has been pushed to the margin. So I always just really respected them for, Showing the kindness of a person, yeah. So when
0: you see that in the show, it's like it's just like, yes, these are the moments of weed life that we want to talk about. Similar to like sitting around and waxing poetic with Towley, you know, like (laughs) being happy to see your weed delivery guy. I mean, Uh, that's just too fucking real. Yeah. Oh, by the way, shout out MJ Delivery. are
2: you a sponsor? Are you a yeah. sponsor? I love MJ. They're my favorite delivery company. No oh. kidding. That's awesome. Yeah. They wow. did a whole profile on me. Oh, what? amazing. That's amazing. <laughs>
0: yeah. Really, and you know, my interaction with them, Nathaniel, shout out my delivery guy. He came up. You know, it was a little more like DoorDash because we are in California, but he said, what's up? I was very happy oh. to see him. He was yeah. super supportive. He was like, you good, man? How's it going? So glad to give you this weed. It was a
2: very positive interaction. MJ is always positive. They actually come to your door. They actually, like, talk to you. The other ones are just like, come to my car, take this, show me. I don't want to talk to you. And they drive away. But MJ Mm. is always like, hey, how you doing? Got any plans? Ready to get high? It's the best. And best of all, you can use promo
1: code GREATMOMENTS, all one word, for a discount (laughs) on your first, second, and third order from amj.com that's mj delivery thanks for supporting our podcast yeah Yeah. Uh,
2: h-e-y-e-m-j-a-y.com code:
0: great moments uh
2: and they have the mochi gelato i like back so check that out hell (laughs) yeah oh wow perfect what an organic
0: ad yeah (laughs) who knew i I literally
2: order from mj every day they're my (laughs) yeah my favorite delivery company that's fucking amazing (laughs) yeah OK, awesome. Let's uh, let's Let, go. Let's go to the next one, yeah. uh, which, again, you have mentioned. Uh, and I was I was a little like, do I put it on the list? But it is Weeds. Uh, mm. And I had to include it, even though it is your kind of stereotypical crime weed show. It was the first show that showed women could be in charge of cannabis. It mm. was the first show that said, you know, here is a black woman uh, who, like, is the plug, who is the mm-hmm. one in charge. You know, Haleo was the one who actually ran everything. And yep. really, you know, Nancy was annoying and didn't know what she was doing. Yep. But it was the first show that really showed a Black woman in the hood, like, creating her own business, being smart about it. And for that, I love it. Nancy Bodwin's an interesting character
0: because it's like a... Average white mom in America can sort of identify with this person who is engaging with cannabis. And I think those avatars are really important. So even though this show did not resist the urge that Bean was talking about, and there was a <laughs> drug tunnel,
2: and like that was the Yeah, and tunnel. oh my yeah, and, it gets so crazy. And like also, Nancy never like smokes pot in the show. Mm-hmm. Like, we never really see actual weed users except for uh Kevin Nealon's character. And he just is, like, a dumb idiot every time he smokes. Like, he smokes and turns into, like, Winnie the Pooh and takes his pants off and just wants to (laughs) eat honey. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. This was a divisive show, I think, in Weed World because it started
0: off as, like, oh, look, uh, you know, here's this widow who's sort of desperate, right? And this is Prohibition Days, so you can really lean into the kind of illegal, illicit, uh, you know, corner of this as opposed to, you know, now, like, obviously, like, Disjointed is maybe in some ways like the kind of weird spiritual successor to that. Yeah. yeah, like it's very true that it was a family, a
2: black family operation, right? I forget the name of the actor and the character, but the uh, guy yeah, he- the guy, uh, the the like nephew of my, Mah- yeah, uh, Halia's nephew. I can't remember his name. Yeah, the handsome son of a bitch. Yeah, he hot has, guy. Yeah, <laughs>
0: super hot guy. He has a crush on Nancy, and it's like. That's why it's working that way. And Haley is like, "Oh, you're just putting, you know, you're risking your own life because you think she's pretty." And and it's like it it was very like grounded. They weren't like, "There's a gun on the table." And yeah, it's like security
2: camera, like who is it, right? You know? And even when they did try, like they had U-turn, the like gangster who like you know was up against Haley a bit, but even that like mostly just turns into a funny thing. Like it wasn't terrifying mm-hmm. black people with drugs.
1: And I think that this gets into like you know. It seems to me like there's the kernel of a show and then executives descend. And yeah. they're like, oh, people are watching this? Let me get in on this and, and make sure that I'm a part of this successful thing with my big idea, which
2: is guns and- A weed tunnel of- and let's have her go to Mexico yeah. and live in a RV. I sh- oh, could only watch the first two seasons. If you're like yeah. checking the shows that just watch the first two seasons of Weeds, that's all you need.
1: Even starting with the theme song, that sort of- Haunting boxes. It was at its heart, in the beginning, a critique of the cultural stifling nothingness of the suburbs, which Mm. I can identify with. And I can look in my own life as weed being something that pierced through that, that, on, on, on one sense, inside my own self, gave me a sense of life beyond these boxes, beyond this sort of cultural dead zone that I found myself in, but also one of the great things about weed in your life, and particularly in the underground era, is that it is this passport to meeting new people, to encountering new scenes, to finding yourself in places and situations that you otherwise wouldn't, and ultimately having a common ground with other people outside of your box, and ultimately discovering a lot of similarities and ultimately widening your view of the world. And I do think, you know, that maybe starts to get lost as the stakes. You know, the only thing higher than our characters are the stakes.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but, like, at its heart, that was really a groundbreaking thing and, um, you know, definitely an earned place on this list of weedy great moments in TV yes. history.
2: Uh and I think it leads to our next show pretty well. Uh, because once people saw the hot, wonderful Nancy Botwin like laying on weed plants, people were like, Women in weed? I think there's something there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get the debut of Broad City, uh, which like high maintenance goes the web series route and then becomes a real show on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Broad City, Abby and Alana, weed is the the plant of their friendship it is like the cornerstone of so many relationships uh, on the show and i broad city was like the first thing to me that was like finally real female stoner representation like finally this like girls who can do bong rips oh my god mm-hmm. you know uh because before yeah. that it was like you know the Lindsay from freaks and geeks where it was like a girl who was like i don't know and you know mm-hmm. then the stoner guys are the ones and finally Broad City was like girls who did dabs and like bought their own weed, not these girls who are like, Oh, I've never bought weed. I just give whatever my boyfriend smokes, huh? I take no. shotguns. I take shotguns. Yeah, I for just my say boy. I only do <laughs> shotguns. No, these were real hardcore stoner girls, and I was so happy and proud. Yeah, and you know, so they really
0: represented one of the things that I feel like they showed because these people really exist. Like there are cool. Beautiful women who smoke shit tons of weed. When I found yeah. out that as a straight man, when I found out these women existed, I was like, oh, there's hope for me in, dating <laughs> in, in the world. Right. But the, in, an interesting thing that they also had that they introduced. And I don't know if this was a product placement or just happened to be on there was the packs. Right. The, the Yes. The flower vaporizer. Because this was the perfect New York City tool. We're talking yes. about a time where you could get thrown in a paddy wagon uh, for smoking weed on the street in New York. Some of us here on this show that has perhaps happened to <laughs> right here. We can just raise his hand for anybody who's listening there at home. And this was a fucking difficult time to walk around and get high in New York City, which is a place where you got to walk around. You don't have a yeah. or whatever to hang out in. And they use the packs. It's something that a cop doesn't know what it is. And then, yeah, it
2: just looks like a vape, you know, tobacco. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that I I lived in Chicago and it was the same thing. I saw Alana use it and I was like, what is this device? Like, Mm -hmm. I think I had one of the, I had a magic flight box. Which I remember. like I remember yeah, the little think, wood thing. Yeah, you think yeah, and you put the yeah, the wood thing, you put the battery in it, and you're and like, straw, oh yeah. And, the, and you're <laughs> like, no one can tell I'm vape, but it's a wooden box full of weed and it smells like weed. <laughs> and then I saw the packs on Broad City and I was like, This is the future. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, yeah. I think yeah. that
1: also Broad City really excelled at showing this uh, seeming paradox between weed as being transgressive. And also somewhat wholesome. Like, mm. I, you know, there's episodes definitely where they're like, you know, famously trying to figure out where to hide some weed. Now uh, you can watch the show and figure <laughs> out where they come up with. Uh, and, you know, uh, the they, old birthright <laughs> <laughs> so, classic. Indeed, yeah. I, indeed. Shout and out yet, Seth Green. <laughs> all, all of their actual experiences with getting high with. Uh, each other and other characters are bonding experiences and not transgressive, not outside of some norm of human behavior, but actually reinforcing of the closeness of their very, very mutually supportive friendship on that show. It doesn't it's not the bad thing that they do. It's actually something that enhances the real message of the show, which I find to be about you know, almost creating a family out of your friends, which is something that I think also resonates in stoner culture. You know, a lot of people have been so shamed or arrested or both for doing something that they actually feel good about. So when you do form these weedy friendships, there is a real element to them of mutual support. And, um, that really beautifully
0: comes through in Broad City. Yeah. yeah. And these were two very different types of stoners. Abby and Ilana were very different types of stoners. Yes. One who's like a little bit more uptight and sort of whatever, but she still gets high. She's not like, no, I don't yeah. watch this stuff. And then Ilana is just like full on, like this manic pixie. Dead dream princess.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And by the way, Ilana's interview on the last episode of Z-Way, which is like, god's gift to so travel. good that yes is so fucking good
2: uh, she was so funny uh, yeah yeah it was hilarious that show is fucking when incredible. they brought the little kid out oh that yeah <laughs> and the little kid's just like i'm disgusted <laughs> yeah it's perfect but, but yeah and also another show i feel like that has such a
0: kinship with high maintenance because of its depiction of new york like and it's it's yeah. a younger experience of new york a broker experience of new york than high maintenance is often depicting right but still, very, very true to life. Yes. And shout out Paul Downs and Lucia. Oh Adiello. yes. Oh my God. Friends of, of the podcast and yes, whose, whose new show is just X. fucking fantastic, and it's in its second season. Yeah. Uh, and they're responsible for for you know like uh, just as much of that pitch perfect stoner representation because we know from real life they are actual stoners. They get <laughs> <Yes>. down. <laughs>
2: Next on the list, I had to give it to the boys, Workaholics. hmm Workaholics on Comedy Central, I feel that it really did solidify stoner humor in a brand new way that updated it, that made it current, that just, like, wasn't the same outdated stuff and references you heard back in the day about, like, munchies, but was really just weird, like, weed-alt-comedy humor on Comedy Central.
0: Yeah, so I actually never watched Workaholics, full disclosure. This is a huge gap in my, oh my God. in my viewing history. I don't know why I never got into it. I feel like, you know, th- there was like a, a sort of freewheelingness uh, to it that really appealed to me. And yet at the time, I think that I was getting into like the more dramatic peak TV offerings all- that were out. that oh, yeah. was eating up a lot of my time and I completely missed it. Bean, did you watch Workaholics? I did well. I got to say, at the beginning of
1: our podcast, before we get into our history stories, we invite everyone to get high with us, and we say, "Hey, if you're not rolled up yet, you can hit pause." So we'll just hit pause now, uh, although while you watch the entirety, of oh, I go.
0: workaholics, and you then just, yeah. we'll read. Really, it's easy. like I think it's like five, <laughs> yeah. six seasons. Uh, I'm just gonna open a browser window here. <laughs> you, you guys just sit tight. Uh, oh, you, you, you can play it at. 200 times speed so i'll be ah. with you in 6 hours.
1: All right, <laughs> we're go. Back. No, i'd say a particular but, episode of this show, you know, uh, you know, you have your three main characters and then i believe the fourth co-creator of the show is their weed dealer. Is, there, yeah. is, is it Carl? Uh, Carl, yes. And there's one episode where, you know, Carl is a very old school weed dealer, you know, uh, 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 someone who we would call on this on this show, you know, very uh a servant of the plant but you know not not a not on the on top of his business game all the time it seems like <laughs> yes. his weed's not that great his yeah. <laughs> showing up on time record is not that great all all you know things that you get used to in the old school underground uh realm of weed and there's an episode where they find a new weed dealer uh this as a, a woman and she's got the best yeah. weed and she's oh. I love this she's episode. got edibles she's got all the new fangled whatnot she's got dabs and at first they're like oh this is great but then they come to realize she only gives a shit about money and she <laughs> turns on them pretty hard and the real <laughs> message of the episode is like it's not about having the best weed it's about having the best weed people e- around yeah. you and I'm definitely here for that. And That's I think Carl beautiful. like
2: Yeah, Carl has to end up like saving them. And he's like, Maybe I have ditch weed, but I'll always be here for you guys. And <laughs> you know, I do think it's workaholics to me is kind of like the male broad city. You have like three different guys who are all stoners but smoke in their own own way. One is very like about his career and job and serious. You know, one is an immature man child and one is like your weird artsy guy. So yeah, I think it it does embrace that same humor.
1: What I love about your list and, and sort of reliving some of these shows through it is these are also all shows that are great to watch when you yourself are actually high. Yes. Um and that, you know, I think that the the hangout comedy genre of television is weedy in and of itself. And often, you know, the weed is not a part of it, but that instinct in us of like I'm at home, I'm going to smoke a bowl and watch some TV is, you know, a way to unwind for countless tens and hundreds of millions of people in this country and around the world. We often get shamed for it very, very needlessly when other people's hobbies are patently horrific. (laughs) We are somehow (laughs) shamed for wanting to unwind after a long, hard day or a short, easy day uh, with some weed and some television. And These shows that can reflect back to us that experience of a good hang are so weedy in and of themselves. So, you know, I would definitely hang with the workaholics. I would love, especially as a younger single man (laughs) back in those days, hanging out with Broad City Universe would have been, you know, and I lived in New York right at that time, so... Um, You know, it's all a real experience of weed and TV. And this, you know, as it goes back, as long as there has been TV, people have been smoking weed and watching it, no doubt.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, Workaholics is one I'd say you only got to watch like the first two, three seasons. So
0: gotcha. Okay, Uh, that was a really solid sales pitch for me starting Workaholics as soon as we're done recording here. Yeah.
2: Uh, (laughs) Uh, And I'm going to do it. Next on the list. I'm going to say you keep setting me up really well with what you're saying, uh, because next on the list is a show that I say I would say was a good hangout show. People didn't consider it a weed show. Oh, yeah. And then in its fourth season finale, we had a surprising reveal and it's Insecure. At the Uh end of season four of Insecure, Issa has like just discovered shocking information about her partner. She goes back home and we see that she has this like balcony she goes out and she pulls out a joint and starts smoking it. And when this happened, everyone freaked out. Everyone was like, what? We've never <laughs> seen this in the show. really. What? And, you know, people, the people who made the show were like, well, yeah, you know, she smokes. We just, like you said, it wasn't a part of it. But like, you know, yeah. And then we finally got to this place where we were like, no, we should see Black women smoke weed on TV. We should see Black women who use weed as part of their self-care. Uh, And so in the last season, it's fully embraced. Uh, Once they go from like Issa smoking on her porch, uh, after that, then they have full parties where the girls are like, let's have sleepovers and smoke pot and let's do this. Uh, And so it's it's just this really special moment because it really truly is like the first time we see a black woman smoke weed. It's like, it's amazing. Oh my
0: God. So, you know, I saw the first season of Insecure. And then again, I mean, this is one of the, Flights of Peak TV, where I feel like you start 10, 15 shows and you only end up finishing a few of them. But I'm stoked to add this to my list because I did not know it actually went there. And that is an incredibly important representation. Bean, have you watched Insecure? Yeah, I love that show. And and I
1: think that, you know, reflecting back on some of the other shows we talked about, this is a show, uh, prim- not primarily, but uh, really about a friendship that goes through some real hardships as a friendship. And so to see weed now portrayed not just as this sort of thing that we share in common, but as a way to cope, Um, you know, that's another elevation of this discussion and something that I think a lot of people maybe over the last couple of years in particular, you know, people who are now working at home, people whose life circumstances have changed or their view of the world has changed. The understanding that weed is a really, really helpful tool in coping with some of life's hardships is beautiful to see that portrayed in this show. And I think it's something that is going to be a lasting part of weed culture. You know, a lot of people came to cannabis uh, in these last couple of years and and now realize that it fits into their life in a lot of different ways, and that was really uh kind of depicted in the whole insecure arc,
2: yeah, and to me i I related to it because at the beginning of the show, she's obviously very insecure, she varies she's unsure of herself, she doesn't you know know what she wants to do or who she is, and it's like this rare story where like she figures her shit out because of weed. Like weed helps her get her life together. Oh, it's cheaper than therapy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I have to shout out the OG uh, comedy cannabis uh, voice of Doug Benson, one of my favorite weed jokes of all time. People say weed is a crutch. Well, crutches help people.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love Doug Benson. Shout out Doug Benson, getting Doug with a high. Yes, That's getting Doug with our, high. That was like our
0: favorite podcast appearance until this one, until this <laughs> one on TV, I say. I gotta say, yeah, man. But it's absolutely true, man. Okay, I, I'm so sold on watching the rest of Insecure. I have to pick it back up because I also love the idea that, you know, this is a really well-rounded character who you know so much more about before you see them. Using cannabis. Yeah. Like it, it hammers it home that you don't have to be a cannabis person to use cannabis. There's like, there's almost no such thing. There's just degrees to which people use cannabis. You exactly. Know I mean? It could be yeah. sometimes. It could be every day. It could be every fucking 10 minutes. Yeah. But it is, it,
2: it's life medicine. I love the depiction. Yeah, And that was a kind of funny part of, of like the response from audiences, like the people who I guess, you know, are a little hesitant on weed still. We're just like, what? So she's a stoner now? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not like you see bongs around her apartment or anything. She's still just smoking a joint every so often. She's it, She seems like the type of girl who just gets her pre-rolls when she needs them. Like, mm. leave her be. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All right. Well, I did prepare one moment,
1: and it's actually, to my understanding, the first positive depiction of weed on television in history that I could find. Um, and I think it also kind of shows how far we've come in this journey as a, as a weed culture and as television culture. Uh, this goes back to 1961. Um, I'll preface this uh, by saying um, this goes back to 1961 and it involves the poet Allen Ginsberg associated with the whole sort of beat generation of... Kerouac and Neil Cassidy. Um, and so in 1958, Neil Cassidy, the sort of inspiration for these beat uh poets and writers, was arrested for weed in giving un- unfortunately gave it to some undercover police and did two years in prison. This is their close friend, so this was a very personal issue to them. Um, and in 1961. Allen Ginsberg and Norman Mailer were booked to be on a talk show hosted by a guy named John Crosby on CBS TV. So this was a big show. And here's Ginsberg's description. I had lunch with Mailer before with the taping and said I'd like to bring up the subject of the decriminalization or legalization of marijuana. He said that it would be foolish because we'd never get anywhere with that. It would just be considered shocking. But I did say something about it when it came up on the program. Then Mailer chimed in and said that he had, quote, tried it somewhere and that it was all right. And then Crosby, the host, added that he had tried it in Africa safely. And we all came to this consensus that, in essence, you know, the emperor wears no clothes. This whole uh, crusade against weed is nonsense. Right after, immediately after this show aired, the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, forced CBS to run a seven minute refutation of this entire program that was produced by the Narcotics Bureau that denounced the guests and the host of the show. Uh, And and Ginsburg was outraged by this. And he said, what outraged me most was, first of all, the presumption of the government to take over the airwaves like that. Mm -hmm. What right did the FCC have to oppose our suggestions about the changing of the law. And ultimately, Allen Ginsberg, after this, became one of the first vocal public figures to consistently talk about legalizing weed, and he formed, before even normal, one of the first organizations dedicated in the United States to the legalization of weed, and really that discussion that they started on this talk show is one that, you know, goes on to this day.
0: Wow. That is absolutely incredible. You know, it's like, we've been talking about scripted TV this whole time. and, and, And this is like an unscripted moment. And I don't think we had, you know, relevant unscripted moments like that until decades later. And we're talking about like Sanjay Gupta. And then of course, like, you know, We have to shout out our own show, Bong Appetit, which was watched by like nine people. You know (laughs) what I mean? So not not quite. I was one of them. (laughs) I bet you were. I bet you were. But yeah, are are you, uh, Ashley, are are you familiar with Ginsburg, the beat generation? Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. I love how, (laughs) you know, love on the road. I mean, I, I love that's another reason why I became, I think, such a big stoner in high school, because I read like on the road and I was like. These guys get it. You know, the freedom, the open mind, the open road, marijuana.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love that the activism sort of began there. And it's true that we are a free speech democracy until the fascist fucks who actually run our country decide that we are not. And I think, you know, we see that
2: to this day. And I mean, we see that accentuated to this day. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can't. I don't think like we get... I mean the only other live weed TV moment I can think of is like uh Conan and Seth Rogen which is mm-hmm. you know obviously when it's you know cool and popular it's not like a political thing. Yeah, they weren't they definitely weren't
0: shattering any uh any new boundaries with that one, but yeah. it was cool. It was cool. And, and you know especially Conan being somebody who shaped stoner humor so much, not only with late night but of course with his work on the Simpsons and everything. I mean, those are the stoneriest fucking characters ever man 90s conan i mean come on the masturbating bear like yeah the 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 fucking walker texas ranger lever by the way shout out my father-in-law albert s ruddy co-creator of walker texas ranger did not know about conan o'brien's fucking (laughs) walker lever (laughs) i got to tell him about that which is pretty cool um so i have a moment picked out here and it's less a singular moment and more a character a character on a really fantastic show who incidentally smokes cannabis throughout the show. This is based on a real person who did incidentally smoke cannabis his entire life. Apparently, he really loved weed, though that is not the drug he's famous for. I'm talking, of course, about Pablo Escobar, <laughs> who is portrayed by Wagner Mora. I, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Wagner Maura, Wagner Mora, something like that. But this guy just is an absolute amazing actor. And he just crushes his depiction of Pablo Escobar on the show Narcos, which is in like its 90th fucking season now, (laughs) uh, in like its 10th language, right? Which just became a massive phenomenon. But it started out, right, following the story of Pablo Escobar, who was this, you know, purveyor of cocaine for the entire world if you did cocaine and any time between 1960 and 1980 it was probably Escobar cocaine or whatever the statistic is right but the interesting thing is that the real Pablo Escobar was a pothead he sat around smoking weed all fucking day right oh, yeah. and, and he sold cocaine right and in the show his character is just always rolling a joint or throwing one in his mouth or relighting a roach. He barely ever talks about it. I feel like there's one moment where he, he he's like hold up, like in the place where he's eventually killed, you know, on the roofs of, of, of Medellin, the rooftops of Medellin, um, where he goes down and asks his guy for, he's like, do you have any papers? Cause I'm, I'm out of papers up here. And like, he is always has a bag of weed. He's always rolling it up. He's he, he's just constantly puffing. And Pablo Escobar has been depicted many times in many films, and they never showed him smoking weed until Wagner Mora did it. And I got to say that the incidental use of cannabis is what really scratches the itch for me. It really
1: cuts against the old amotivational syndrome uh, stereotype (laughs) because, you know, I'm not not, uh, advocating what he did,
2: but he certainly,
1: uh, you know... Took a small business and 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 built it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, tell me weed slows you down. Come on. I know, seriously, man. And also just the enthusiasm
0: he showed for it. And just like, it was a very nuanced character. And this was just one of his things. It was not like, you know, it was not like a storyline. It was just a character trait. It was like a choice that, you know, the the character made in, in a lot of ways. And I think that that's really... Uh, that, that's one of my favorite and sort of like, you know, lesser known depictions of cannabis.
2: Uh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I actually, I did, when you were talking about live TV, I did think of just one other one that I, I do oh. want to include because I want to give, you know, continued credit to funny women who smoke weed. Uh, and the first like depiction of someone on a reality TV show, uh, smoking pot was actually Joan Rivers. When she had her like short-lived hot, like e-Hollywood program about her life, there's like a scene where her and her friend go get Botox. And in the like limo that drives them, they smoke weed, but they like don't show it. But like you see smoke and then they're both just like stoned out of their minds, like getting this Botox. And then they go back home and she's like, I am high. And (laughs) it was like the first time on reality TV that people were like, they depicted her doing drugs.
0: Oh, my God, that's fucking amazing. So shout out
2: to Joan Rivers, a bad bitch. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, and
0: just, like, one of the greatest fucking comedic minds in American history, I'm pretty sure.
2: (laughs) Also,
1: uh, some irony in the fact that you can inject chemical weapons into your own face, and that's...
2: (laughs) Yeah, oh, they they show the Botox. Oh, yeah, they show (laughs) the needles in her face. (laughs) They show all that stuff. Oh, but no, her like eating an edible lollipop and smoking a joint. We can't have that. No, no.
0: Yeah. Wow. That is fucking insane. All right. Well, Ashley, this was an incredible list. Thank you so much for anybody who's listening to this on our great moments in weed history feed. Please check out Ashley's podcast, TV I Say. You can find it wherever you find podcasts. And it is absolutely exceptional. Thank you so much for joining us on Great Moments of Weed History.
2: Thank you. This was amazing. It's my favorite thing, weed and TV.
0: Yeah, us too.
2: TV I Say.
1: Well, that's the show, folks. Thanks so much for listening. And if you stuck around this long, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can put five on it at greatmomentsinweedhistory.com, and that would really help us as we research, write, edit, and publish a new episode every Weedness day. Great Moments in Weed History is written, produced, and performed by me, David Beanenstock, a.k.a. Bean.